and welcome to the Brothers Grimm Lunch Break. I'm Eric Wagoner. Today I'll be reading The Three Snake Leaves. Once upon a time there was a poor man who could no longer provide enough food for his only son. Therefore the son said, Dear father, you're having such a hard time and I'm becoming such a burden that I'd prefer to go away and try to earn a living by myself. The father gave him his blessing, but was greatly saddened to see him depart. The king of a powerful country was waging war when all this occurred, and the young man enlisted in the king's army and went out to fight. When he approached enemy territory, a battle was being fought, and there was a great deal of danger. The air was filled with bullets striking his comrades, who fell dead on all sides. When the commander as well was killed, the survivors wanted to flee the field, but the young man stepped forward and encouraged them to keep fighting. "'We shall not let our fatherland be destroyed!' he cried out. The others followed him as he charged forward, and they defeated the enemy. When the king heard that he owed this victory to the young man alone, he promoted him above all the others, gave him great treasures, and made him the most important person in his kingdom. The king had a daughter who was very beautiful, but also very strange, for she had made a vow that she would accept as her lord and master only a man who would let himself be buried alive with her if she should die first. If he really loves me with all his heart, she said, why would he want to continue living? She was prepared to do the same in return, and if he were to die first, she would let herself be buried in the grave with him. This strange vow had scared away all suitors up to that time, but the young man was so infatuated by her beauty that he did not care about anything else, and asked her father for her hand. "'Do you know what you must promise?' the king asked. "'I shall have to be buried alive in her grave if I survive her,' the young man said. "'But my love for her is so great that I don't care about the danger.' The king gave his consent, and the wedding was celebrated with great splendor. After this, the couple lived happily and were contented with each other for some time. But then... The young queen fell seriously ill, and no doctor could help her. When she lay dead, the young king remembered the promise he had been obliged to make, and he shuddered at the thought of being buried alive. However, there was no escape. The old king had had all the gates posted with guards, and it was impossible for a son-in-law to avoid what fate had in store for him. When the day came for the queen's body to be buried in the royal vault, he was led down into the crypt with it, and the door was bolted and locked behind him. In the vault, next to the coffin, was a table, and on it were four candles, four loaves of bread, and four bottles of wine. As soon as the provisions were used up, the young man would perish from starvation. So there he sat, full of sorrow and grief. Each day he ate just a little bit of bread, and drank just a swig of wine. Yet he saw death coming closer and closer. Once, as he was staring into space, he saw a snake crawling from a corner of the vault and heading toward the dead body. Since he thought the snake was coming to gnaw at the body, he drew his sword and said, As long as I live, you shall not touch her. And he cut the snake into three pieces. After a while, another snake came crawling out of the corner. But when it saw the first one lying dead and cut to pieces, it went back to where it came from. It returned shortly, however, with three green leaves in its mouth, and it proceeded to take the three pieces of the snake, put them in their proper places, 
and set one leaf on each of the wounds. All at once the pieces that had been severed came back to life, and both snakes hurried off together. The leaves remained on the ground, and it occurred to the unfortunate young man, who had witnessed the whole thing, that the miraculous power of the leaves that had brought the snake back to life might also be able to help a human being. So he picked up the leaves and placed one on his dead wife's mouth and the other two on her eyes. No sooner had he done this than the blood began to stir in her veins, rose up into her pale face, and gave her cheeks a rosy color. Then she took a deep breath, opened her eyes, and said, Oh God, where am I? You're with me, dear wife, he answered, and he told her how everything had happened and how he had brought her back to life. Then he handed her some of the wine and bread, and when she had regained her strength, she stood up and they went to the door. There they knocked and yelled so loudly that the guards heard them and reported it to the king. The king himself then came and opened the door. When he found them alive and well, he rejoiced with them and was glad that their troubles were over. The young king took the three snake leaves, gave them to a servant, and said, Take a good care of them for me, and carry them with you at all times. If we find ourselves in a predicament, they might be able to help us. Meanwhile, a change had come over his wife, after she had been restored to life. It was as if all the love she had felt for her husband had been drained from her. When some time had gone by, and he wished to make a voyage overseas to visit his old father, they boarded a ship, but she, having forgotten the great love and devotion he had shown her at the time of her rescue, gave in to her wicked passion for the ship's captain. Then, one night, when the young king was lying asleep, she called the captain. After she took her sleeping husband by the head, she ordered the captain to take his feet, and they threw him overboard into the sea. Once they had done their shameful deed, she said, Now let us return home and say he died on the way. I'll rave about you and praise you so much that my father will let you marry me and make you heir to the crown. However, the faithful servant had witnessed everything. He unfastened a small boat from the ship without their noticing it, got into it, and sailed after his master while the traders continued their voyage. He fished the dead man out of the sea and with the help of the snake leaves which he was carrying with him and which he put on his master's eyes and mouth he succeeded in bringing him back to life. Now the two of them rowed day and night with all their might, and their little boat sailed so swiftly over the sea that they reached the old king before the others. The king was puzzled when he saw them coming back alone, and he asked what had happened to them. When he learned about his daughter's treachery, he said, I can't believe she would do such an awful thing, but the truth will soon come to light. He ordered the young king and his servant to hide in a secret chamber, and not to let themselves be seen by anyone. Soon after, the big ship came sailing home, and the godless woman appeared before her father with a troubled expression. Why have you come home alone? he asked. Where is your husband? Ah, dear father, she answered. I'm returning home in great sorrow. My husband suddenly took sick and died during the voyage, and if it had not been for the support of the good captain, things would have gone badly for me. He was present at my husband's death and can tell you everything. But the king said, I'm going to bring the dead man back to life. And he opened the chamber door and told the two to come out. When the king's daughter caught sight of her husband, she was thunderstruck and falling to her knees, she begged for mercy. 
There will be no mercy, said the old king. He was ready to die with you and brought you back to life, but you killed him in his sleep, and now you shall receive your just reward. Then she and her accomplice were put aboard a ship peppered with holes and sent out to sea, where they soon sank beneath the waves. The End the Brothers Grimm Lunch Break is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. Download it and share it all you'd like, but don't change it or sell it. The translations used are copyright Jack Zipes and are used with permission. His collected translations, The Complete Fairy Tales of the Brothers Grimm, is available on the media of your choice from Bantam Books. The music is Mount Timbrel by Jamie Janover off his All Strings Considered album, available on magnatune.com. If you'd like to listen to any of the other episodes, you can find them on our website, www.grimlunch.org, where you can also leave comments or subscribe through iTunes. Thank you for listening.